happy holidays. This is your path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Absolutely no Grinches allowed. Forget what you think you know about church and Christmas. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Mac Lucado, in his book, A Gentle Thunder, has a wonderful spoof of the theological nitpicking that goes on among Christians. He said that some time ago he came upon a fellow on a trip who was carrying a Bible. Listen to the ensuing dialogue. Are you a believer? I asked him. Yes, he said excitedly. I've learned you can't be too careful. Virgin birth? I asked. I accept it. Deity of Jesus? No doubt. Death of Christ on the cross? He died for all, all people. Could it be that I was face to face with a Christian? Perhaps. Nonetheless, I continued my checklist. Status of man, sinner in need of grace. <clears throat> Definition of grace, God doing for man what man cannot do. Return of Christ, imminent. Bible, inspired. The church, the body of Christ. I started getting excited. Conservative or liberal, he was getting interested too. Conservative, my heart began to beat faster. Heritage, Southern, Congressionalist, Holy Son of God. Uh, disciple, Disciplicist, Tribune, well that's a big one. Uh, convention, that was mine, branch. Premillennial, post-trib, non-charismatic King James. One cup communion. My eyes had misted. I had only one other question. Is your pulpit wooden or fiberglass? Fiberglass, he responded. I withdrew my hand and stiffened my neck. Heretic, I said, and walked away. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it's often, so often true. There's only one place most Christians can be found in agreement, whether they're Roman Catholics or Southern Baptists or Lutherans or Pentecostals. It is the person of Jesus. If Christ lived today, the controversial priest Father Daniel Berrigan was once asked, how would he be regarded by the political establishment? If Christ lived today, answered Berrigan, the question bewilders me. I thought he was living today. If not, can someone please tell me the meaning of the empty tomb? Maybe he just uh, went out to lunch. Or the meaning of the lives of all those who have died to say he lives? From the apostles to, say, Archbishop Romero, maybe? Maybe they were all fools or, or uh, charlatans. Powerful response. Father Berrigan and Billy Graham probably would not agree on many things, but here they are brothers. Some of you remember when President Richard Nixon, most of you will not, got carried away with excitement in 1969 when Apollo astronauts first landed on the moon. It's the greatest day since creation, crowed the president, until Billy Graham solemnly reminded him of Christmas and Easter. By any measure of history, says Philip Yancey, uh, Graham was right. This Galilean who in his lifetime spoke to fewer people than uh, would fill just one of the many stadiums Graham has filled. Uh, changed the world more than any other person. He introduced a new force field into history and now holds the allegiance of a third of all people on earth. Today, Yancey continues, people have used Jesus' name to curse by. How strange it would sound if when a businessman missed a golf uh, putt, he yelled, Thomas Jefferson, or a plumber <clears throat> screamed, Mahatma Gandhi, when this pipe wrench mashed his finger. We cannot get away 
cannot get away, says Yancey, from this man, Jesus. There was a man in Jerusalem by the name of Simeon. Simeon was a righteous and devout man. He'd been realized to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had laid eyes on the Messiah. And inspired by the Spirit, he came to the temple. And there he saw a young couple bringing their son, according to the custom of the law. And suddenly, Simeon knew here, he was, here was the one he had been waiting for. And he took the child up in his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant uh, depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. A rough-hewn preacher named John, anointed by God, was baptizing people in the wilderness, and somehow he knew too. He cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me. Both men, of course, were speaking of Jesus. Simeon recognized him when Jesus was only a babe, and John recognized him as a young man. What was there about this man, Jesus, that was so unique that without saying a word, he made such an impression? Was his appearance? In today's world, style is more important than the substance. Broadway composer Andrew Lloyd Webber was uh, commenting on how he'll, how, the cast, uh, how he'll lead the cast in the revival of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Jesus, says Andrew Lloyd Webber, has got to have sex appeal and real star quality. Does he now? Is that how you see Jesus, with no. sex appeal and star quality? Modern images of Jesus are fascinating. Norm Evans, former Miami Dolphins lineman, wrote a book titled On God's Squad. In it, he says, I guarantee you, Christ would be the toughest guy who ever played this game. If he were alive today, I would picture a six foot six inch, 260 pound defensive tackle who would always make the big plays and would be hard to keep out of the backfield for offensive linemen like myself. Fritz Peterson, former New York Yankee, more easily fancies Jesus in a baseball uniform. I firmly believe that if Jesus Christ was sliding into second base, he would knock the second baseman into left field to break up the double play. Christ might not know uh, a spitball, but he would play hard within the rules. Interesting. Is that how you imagine Jesus? We know nothing about Jesus' appearance. Evidently, his disciples did not think it important to tell us the color of his eyes or the breadth of his shoulders. Probably was not his appearance that made him impressive. His teachings, were they what made him impressive? Yes, his teachings were superior, but it is amazing how different people read different things into his teachings. More than 50 years ago, Bruce Barton, an American advertising agent, uh, straight from Madison Avenue, wrote a best-selling book titled The Man Nobody Knows. Barton's thesis was that Jesus was able to start the most successful movement in world history because he preached a message and used techniques that the <coughs> best experts in the modern advertising profession are only now beginning to put into uh, practice. Barton suggests that Jesus was a master of applied psychology who, 2,000 years ago, anticipated all that Dale uh, Carnegie would teach us about winning friends and influencing people. Jesus had a charming personality, said Barton. He claimed Jesus knew how to sell, sell his product, and if he were alive in the flesh today, he undoubtedly would use television to get his message out as extensively as possible. According to Barton, Jesus was the ultimate sales manager and motivator. 
it, it was Barton's conviction that he came to teach us the principles for being successful and dynamic people. I wonder if Jesus doesn't get a good laugh out of all the people who have cast his teachings in their own mind, in their own mold, rather. Jesus was a great teacher, teacher although he admitted that everything he thought he taught may be found in Jewish law. C.S. Lewis, in his book God in the Dock, describes the idea that Jesus was special simply because of his teachings. He writes, we may note in passing that Jesus was never regarded as a mere moral teacher. He didn't produce that effect on any of the people who actually met him. He produced mainly three effects, hatred, terror, and adoration. There was no trace of people expressing mild approval. Hmm. If it wasn't his appearance and it wasn't his teachings that cast a spell on people, well, what was it? Well, we have to conclude, I believe, that it was his, his unconditional love. Love came down at Christmas as a little carol goes. Nobody loved like Jesus loved. No one was too young or too old, too rich, too poor, too sinful, too sanctimonious to be within the realm of his love. We say that we are saved by the grace of God's, uh, God's free, God, of God, God's free and un unmerited acceptance of unworthy sinners. Christ was the living embodiment of that grace and ultimately it cost him his life. In his book, Becoming a Whole Person in a Broken World, Ron Lee Davis tells about a young woman named Marie who was admitted to a mental hospital in Europe. She was in a terrible emotional state. She had been reared by violent, abusive parents. At age 12, she saw her mother and father in a horrible, drunken argument one night. They were fighting and struggling over a gun. Suddenly, the pistol fired, and before young Marie's eyes, her father fell dead. Little Marie's mind snapped. She was filled with pain, frustration, and hatred. She retreated into a fantasy world, but it was too violent. Marie would scream, scratch, hit, and curse at anyone who came near her. She was placed alone in a padded cell. The attending physician tried several approaches to no avail. She seemed only to become worse. Finally, the doctor decided to try a then common therapy called catharsis, the venting of rage upon someone else. A nurse named Holda volunteered to be the victim. Every day, Holda would enter Maria's padded cell. For a full hour, Maria would curse, kick, scream, hit, and scratch Holda. Then exhausted, Maria would crouch in a corner like a frightened animal. And the nurse, Holda, battered, bruised, and sometimes bleeding, would go to Maria, Marie and hold the child tenderly in her arms, rock her gently, and say over and over, Marie, I love you. Marie, I love you. Little by little, this message of love got through. Little by little, Marie was able to respond with tears and affection. And in time, Marie was well. She became a whole person. She was healed by sacrificial love. Now, on a deeper level, that's the kind of deep love God gives to us in Jesus Christ. As the scriptures put it, by his stripes, we are healed. Deep love, unconditional love. That is what is unique about Christ. No one ever loved like he loved. No one ever accepted people like he accepted them. Two-time Olympic gold medalist Bob Richards put it like this. One reason why I think a great deal of Jesus is 
he never pointed out the weaknesses of people and never dwelt on their failures and shortcomings. He always thought of them, uh, thought of the dream uh, that God had for their lives, never emphasizing their failures. He simply said, go and sin no more. Be what God intends you to be. Now, what has this got to do with you and me? Peggy Noonan was a celebrated speechwriter for Presidents Reagan and Bush. She's also a critically acclaimed author. Recently, she told about an ex execution in Oklahoma. The bad guy, he had raped and stabbed to death a 20-year-old and stayed to watch her die. He was put to death by lethal injection. Her family watched on closed-circuit TV. Later, the woman's brother told a reporter, we promised he would not go unpunished. and We wanted to be here to represent her when justice was finally carried out. We cannot judge them, writes Perry Noonan. We haven't, we haven't been in their shoes. But I can't help but be most impressed by, of all the crime, recent crime stories, this one, also from Oklahoma. Sue Norton's parents were brutally killed in a double murder, and the murderer is on death row now. And Sue Norton is fighting hard to get his sentence changed to life in prison. Why? If our world is going to change, she says, we have to move past hate and learn to love with the unconditional love displayed by Jesus. Do you see that unconditional love is the only hope the world has? That is why we must let the world know about Jesus. That is why we need to carry on the work of Simeon and John the Baptist and proclaim that he is the Christ, not because of his appearance, not even because of what he taught, though he was the greatest teacher who ever lived, but because of who he was, son of God, the very embodiment of unconditional love, the love you and I need to live out in our world as well. Amen. 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 Let's see. Okay, announcements. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. Um, this is a great place for you to email for us uh, if you'd like to have us pray for you, if you have anything you need us to pray for. We pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. You can choose your main anonymous or leave us your name. You can ask us to pray uh, during our weekly uh, intercessions here at the church, or you can ask us to add you to our Sunday intercessions in the bulletin and have the entire congregation pray for you. Pray at DallasULC.com. It's also if you'd like to have a service dedicated to someone you love, uh, either one who has passed on or one who's still with us, uh, pray at DallasULC.com. Um, the, the, having this, the service dedicated is really kind of awesome. I, I know a lot of people kind of equate that with doing it with people who passed on, um, but it doesn't have to be. It can be for your birthday, it can be for Christmas, it can be for your graduation. It's kind of cool having a mass said in your name and your name being announced and being in the bulletin. It's, it's really a nice gift and it helps out the church. So pray at DallasULC.com for all of those uh, that we just mentioned. Okay. Guys, we have uh, something I've been working on. It's called uh, pray.com. Uh, we've we teamed up with pray.com uh, we have uh, our daily prayers are said there um, I, I actually put on a daily prayer every day on pray.com it's kind of cool um, you can join your church and leave a legacy for helping others all you do is download the pray.com app and find our church it's a search for Dallas Universal Life Church on the pray.com app it's really kind of cool please check it out I do announcements there and everything uh, I suppose our, our videos from the church services and everything so it's, it's kind of a it's a little kind of like a Facebook kind of not you know, so I think we can actually pray with others 
uh, and it's 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 something that I, I think that uh, I want to go with as far as our app is concerned. That's what we're gonna do for now. We tried some other things. Let's try this one. See how it goes. Okay, pray.com and search for our church. Okay, all right. So that's one place we can give uh, you can give to the church online. Oh, here we go. All right, New Year's Eve, 2018, Monday, December 31st, um, 8.30 p.m. to sunrise. Now, the doors will open at 8.30 and be locked at 11.30. There will be no in and out. The doors will reopen at sunrise. Yeah. Um, light refreshments and some, let me read here, light refreshments and some mixed will be rounded. A small champagne toast will occur at midnight. Uh, bring your own alcohol. Uh, please drink responsibly. The church has the right to deny entry to anyone for any reason, and you will be removed from the property if you cause any type of disturbance, no questions asked. A light breakfast will be served at the sunrise. For all of this, we ask for a measly $10 donation to the church per person. So $10 per person to get in a uh, donation to the church. Guys, this is a way just to kind of do something different for New Year's. Get off the streets, stay away from the police, you know, be safe. <laughs> for real. We, we had a good time. I mean, last year was a good time. We had, we had our issues, but we had a good time last year. So check it out. Um, if you want to bring a blanket or bring a, a pillow or a sleeping bag or something like that, please feel free to also bring a change of clothes. You can like change clothes next morning. Um, but sunrise, we're going to have breakfast, and then y'all can get out of here and do your thing. But listen, I'm serious about this. No in and out. If you come in, let them turn the doors locked. If you want out, you're leaving. And you're that's it. Back. And you're not coming back. 8.30 is when the doors open. 11.30, doors close. Okay? All right. Ooh. I like it. Okay. <laughs> hey, did y'all know we had a podcast? Did you know we had a podcast? Uh, did we have a podcast? I, I heard we did. Guys, we have a podcast. It's uh, uh, Your Path with Bishop Mark. Uh, I say this every week. If you've not checked out our podcast, please do so. Um, it's different hearing the podcast than it is hearing us live or even to watching us on YouTube. Check out our podcast. Uh, all you do is search for, uh, do a search on Google, MSN, whatever, you, whatever your search engine is, Your Path with Bishop Mark. That's Your Path with Bishop Mark. Also, we've been picked up by two sponsors in the last few weeks. So every time you listen to one of our podcasts, the church makes a little bit of money. Help us out here, all right? All right, where can you see our podcast right now? Where can you hear us, rather? Uh, you can hear us on Anchor, on Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Spotify. Spotify. Mm. Not Pandora? No Pandora yet. They haven't allowed us on there yet. <laughs> Maybe you want to go write Pandora a nice email so they need to add your path with Bishop Mark if you really want it on there. Think about that. All right. Hmm. Hey, we always can use lobbyists for the church. Here we go. All right, we'll get through this. <laughs> See, I'm running the, I'm running the uh, show today with my little mouse, so it's kind of interesting. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Where can you, where can you uh, uh, deal with all of those? You can go to feedback at DallasVLC.com. Feedback at DallasVLC.com. That's pretty self-explanatory, guys. Compliments, concerns, oh, suggestions, or complaints. Right. There it is. <laughs> feedback at DallasVLC.com. All right. That's it. We made it through the announcements. And I made it through the, the, the service with getting this little mouse thingy and making things go. All right, guys. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Alright, so what would you like? What would you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? 
talk to me. We're talking today about a very special man, yes. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, we're talking about, was it his appearance? Was it his appearance that made him so appealing? Was it you his teachings it? that made him so uh, appealing? Uh, um, sorry. Sorry. This is why we watch our language in regular, everyday life, so that we don't make mistakes in church. You're on the dollar rule. Just uh, think. You're on the dollar visualize rule. Visualize your No more cussing in the room. here. Period. Period. Your mother's in the At room. At least for the next week. For the next week, every time you cuss, you owe the church a dollar. Well, let's be fair, because you're still going to make some money if you no. get 25 cents. It's a dollar. That's <laughs> what it is. It's a dollar. Tim did it. Tim ended up paying almost $300 to the church because of this. Oh, my gosh. So watch your P's and Q's over the next week. I'm going to be listening. It's one of my biggest fundraisers of the year. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to not have him want to come over. Well. Either way. Oh, he'll come over still. He'll just make sure not to curse. <laughs> well, this is going to be interesting. All right, guys. So... We're talking about, is it his, is his appearance? Was it his appearance of him? Can, can, can you, did you think of Jesus as sexy? Jesuits? No. Do you think of Jesus as sexy? Oh, sorry, my bad. No. <laughs> no. Set time after. You don't really think about, but Jesus was a human being. I, I mean, thought it was he a was, hippie. huh? 13. I think he was a hippie. 13 minutes. <laughs> Peace, loving? Your time Love. is up for 13 minutes. I already set the time. But thank you for double checking it. But he was a human being. I mean, he had the same kind of feelings, and you know, and people saw him as you know. So, I mean, it's an interesting notion to think of that because I've never thought of it that way. Um, so it was his teachings. His teachings. He was the greatest teacher of all time. Obviously, we had this, this guy who was a marketing genius and said that Jesus's uh, teachings, the way he taught, was based on a, a marketing strategy they use today. They're just not figuring out. So what was it then? What did we come up with? What was it that made him so appealing to the masses? Do you remember? Does anybody remember what the, what the answer is? It was the fact that he was his unchanging love, his unconditional, unconditional love. There unconditional go. love. That's, right. that's, that's the answer right there. Unconditional love. He was the son of God. And God is the embodiment of unconditional love. And what is unconditional love? Loving without any conditions. Okay. What does that mean, though? What makes seriously think about that? No Always conditions. Forgiving. No conditions. I love you no matter what. Amen. No matter what. Hmm. That's that's huge. Do you not agree? Yeah. yeah. So talk to me, guys. What do you feel about that? I mean, Forgiving doesn't mean it makes it right, though. You're but right. It's but that's not on steps. you. That's on them. I know, exactly. But a lot of people, they want to think about... Um, it, it, he forgives also people to get in that mindset of oh that's not they they want to disagree with that or have a problem with that because like they say let's say you murder somebody or kill somebody they're like well that's that uh, that's not right though to be forgiven well that's a different step forgiveness is a it's a three step so it's like three steps involved with the whole healing process and uh, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean it is right. But no. it's in order. It, it, it it's a, a a necessity. It's a necessary. Uh, why is it? Why is it because, necessary? Because if you do not, you uh, make the situation permanent, and you get more or less stuck there. Well, here's what happens. You take this. Okay, this guy steals five dollars from me, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he goes down to Cancun. He goes to Cancun. He's yeah. drinking uh, a margarita with my five dollars, and I'm sitting here stewing about it. 
pissed off, angry, just ugh. And so I just shove it down and keep it down and keep that anger in me, keep it down here and just keep pushing it down. Anger just keeps growing and growing in my belly. Over this $5, I keep, this guy's not even, not even thinking about me anymore. He's enjoying that uh, margarita. $5 is gone. You know, he's not, he's not thinking about me at all. I'm, but I'm allowing this man to continue to affect my life. Allowing me to continue to negatively affect my life. Exactly. And pushing it down inside me. And when you keep pushing things down inside you, you're holding them in, what happens to that stuff? It begins to what? It begins to fester. Right. It begins to become infected. And all of this, what happens with festering? Pus. And that horrible smell. And that yeah. goes through your body. Okay, What, happens, what do you think is going to happen is all that junk goes into your bloodstream? Yeah. It causes disease. It causes cancer. It causes all these things. I believe wholeheartedly that a lot of our diseases, uh, especially the cancers and things like that that, 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 we, that we have, that aren't caused by other outside chemicals. But these unknown reasons for these cancers popping up, I believe it's a lot of the reason is the fact that we don't let go. We hold on to this crap. And we keep it inside of us, and it festers. Mm -hmm. it, it affects our body, our mind, our spirit. It affects all of us, and it makes us sick. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Forgive for your own sake, but for Amen. their sake as well. And pray for them, right? Unconditional love. In, in an ideal world, we would have unconditional love for everybody. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. I love you, period. Um, so how do we, as humans, on a day-to-day -day basis, begin to unconditionally love? First you thing, you just said the first thing. You just said the first thing, right? Enjoy forgiveness. You have to be able to forgive. You've got to be able to forgive. You've got to be able to forgive and let it go. What else? How else do we begin to unconditionally love like Jesus Christ loved? Maybe by becoming or lending the love that we do have for someone else who doesn't have enough for themselves. We've talked about that, haven't we? Yes. You know, I, I have a lot of people that come through my doors here. And a lot of them are at a stage in their life that they simply don't have love for themselves. And I find it almost ironic because a lot of these guys... They, you know, they're searching for love and they're, they're trying to grasp for anything that's a semblance of love at all in the hand. They, they jump into the relationship that they, you know, they, the first one they can get. Mm -hmm. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, okay. So, Gavin. Yes. What would you like to know? What do you want I have to a dollar here, right? Yes. I have a dollar. Now, if I, if I have this dollar and you ask me for a dollar, I can give you this dollar, right? I can give it to you freely. There's a dollar for you, right? And then you can take that dollar, and you can also give it freely to anybody else you want to yes. give it to, right? right. And, and so that's what you would. I have love for myself, that dollar. The mm -hmm. love for myself, I was able to give it away, right? Thanks. It's going to be that. All right, here you go. So, <laughs> so, so, right. So now... And that's when you know they're Jewish. That's <laughs> right. Stop that. So... Now, yeah. if you ask me for a dollar now, and, and I, I, I reach in my pocket and I don't have, I, there's nothing there, and it, can I still say, can I still give you a dollar? No. So if I don't have a dollar, if I don't have love for myself, can mm. I still give you love? Yes. No. No. You cannot. You said. You don't have it to give away. Yeah. That's the whole point of that story. Mm. If I don't have it for myself. But you said love, not a dollar. <laughs> I'm talking the same thing. <laughs> I if I don't have love for myself, how can I give it away if I, if I don't have something? Exactly. I can't give it to you. And the thing about love, though, is still different than it's a dollar. Because if I give it to you, it grows. <coughs> and you're 
and you can give it, and it's like, it gets, it gets dividends, like in the stock market, you know, and then you can give it out, and you can stay full of love for yourself, and still be giving away love, and it just grows, it grows, it's just overflowing love, unconditional love at that point starts to just blow from your body, so right? you're saying, <laughs> I, I have something that I've always wanted to maybe connect the dots with, but that's the fact that, um, I think rich people, I rich think, in what way? And, and wealth. Okay, uh, and I money. Be I believe people with that are rich in wealth um, are not so great people because the fact that you got to think about it, how do you get wealthy? Okay, you get wealthy by being a snob or being just greedy, not mm. wanting to share, uh, doing things for yourself and not for others. Cool. Because if you look at it, uh, you know, I I, I I help people out. I'm sure everyone helps people out, but mm -hmm. you know, every time you in order if 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 if, if you're helping somebody, you're mm -hmm. giving what you have away. So which means, how do you ever come up? Because you can never have that enough abundance okay. of something in order to be thriving like that, or else you would be, you know, like I could understand you own a company, but even that that might be one way of being not in this boat. But even still. Uh, they've had to make steps towards that that I feel like in the process just, them real quick reason. just real quick right. what about the one who's given an inheritance of billions of dollars and they're innocent they didn't do anything they just, they just well, inherited the money and they become great philanthropists well, and they give away I'm not I wasn't saying like um uh, I wasn't saying that this is for all of them okay but you, said, I like, you said I think rich people I think a good select a percentage of that pool of water is from you know that people are you know they're just selfish they're greedy and 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 all they care and look out is for themselves okay. uh, because I mean someone that shares or someone uh, that's just my opinion that's okay it's fair enough and, 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 and it kind of makes sense too though because you, you you get up to the top and they say it's lonely up there it is because there's not there's nothing well, like people they they, they, they cry about um, and my and my mom is very uh, uh, I feel like in a way because see she uh, she's got these business titles she's got her master's in business chemical engineer she consults right well she had she's the boss she made the rules she set the the lines of of the walls down at work well you know she was never able she was never able to really turn that switch off uh, I, my mom's were very wealthy very wealthy um, you know talking you know 60 80 and savings and another 30k and the okay. check but yeah, right we don't so need all that. i'm just saying but uh and that's not really wealthy but all i'm saying is you know as growing up and she adopted us we're not um but she would never give us opportunity because she was so damn afraid of um of having the money go to waste um so that's one good i mean i i kind of grew up in it i just feel like people that are rich or are well off and are more than a, above average uh, middle classes uh the higher you the closer you get up to the top the the more uh angry and like hate like bad just bad people just uh in general in grads of respecting one another or you know uh, their space and energy around them and others so i'm sorry you feel that way I'd like to may I say something? Yes, Ken. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from, but one thing that I've always looked at is this is my personal opinion on the matter. Uh, money is inherently neither good nor evil. Mm. It is how it is used. Now, let's say for example, 
like he said, the dollar bit, he can give that away, yeah, right? Or he can make it grow and help even further. Like, but there has to be that period, that uh, certain time where you have to allow that money to grow because you can either, as this old saying goes, you can either give a man a fish or you can teach him to fish, which basically means you can either give $1 away or make that other $1 grow and be able to help more than one person, actually continuously be able to help others versus just that one time. But sometimes, like, just because, and on as far as becoming angry or whatever, there's a lot that goes on. I would say there's a lot that goes behind the scenes, you know, that maybe we're not aware of, that maybe they don't want other people to know, like, that they've given away to this charity or, you know, that they've done this, that they've done that. Because whenever we're, personally, this is my personal belief on the whole matter, whenever, if ever, what, that I give something to someone, it's not to become public knowledge. Uh, if I do it, it's because I want to. It's not, I don't go here, there, and there, and here, and here, and brag about it. No. Because then I'm seeking, you know, praise for that. I'm not doing it for the right reason. Absolutely. And I'd rather, if I give something, it's to be done in humility and in silence. Not to further only, further or glorify my name, but to help or assist that other person. So I would imagine that, and I would hope that others would have some similar mentality in that, in that respect. Yeah. Here's here's. Well, that wasn't saying all, but I, I understand. Still, really? Okay, I look. Good 30, there's a lot of people. And there's a lot. There, we see a lot of the bad news out there. We hear a lot of the bad news because it's publicized. It's what we hear, what we see. Okay. Yes. There are people out there who have a lot of money, who are greedy, and 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 and, and, and yeah, can be jerks. But there's also a lot of people who don't have any money, who are also just as greedy and can be just jerks as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they don't. Have don't it. don't judge a book by its cover. Let me tell you a story. Have nothing. Let me tell you a story. You can have it you have all, all and still be the same Money's way. not money's know, not everything. All I'm saying is, you can have sure you can have it all, and be the maddest. Sure. Be the grumpy gnome. Still not enough. Still and, not enough. And you right. can also be at the bottom. And the same thing. He's yeah. right. Here's let me tell you a story about a man. And that's all right. There's a man. His name was Mike McCool. Okay. All right. This, this man was my was my uh, uh, my great uncle. Okay. He uh, came from immigrant parents. Uh, was born actually in Mexico City. Uh, his father was actually bootlegging alcohol across the border at the time uh, to make money to make ends meet to, to pay for his family. Okay. He put himself through college just showed up at the college on the day it was supposed to start and said, I'm going here. And made sure that he worked his butt off to get pay off that school and went there. Went to school there. Went to SMU. Nice. Okay. Became a lawyer. Became a state senator. Um, worked, uh, I believe he had two terms in the state senate. And then back to being a lawyer. He fought for the underdog. Um, he built the Maple Avenue projects, um, which are now probably being, I think being torn down. But What? The Maple Avenue project right there on Maple. Yeah. Yeah, they've torn half of them down already. Yeah. The land's too valuable. You know? Um, he Soul. gave... If anybody ever came in and couldn't pay, he took care of it pro bono. Um, if any family member ever came in and pay, and ever came in, he did that for free as well. Uh, he was one of the uh, most giving 
people in the world. And I'll never forget when he told me one year at a Christmas party, he had, they had the best Christmas parties. They had money now, because he started nothing, earned that money, you know, started with nothing, went to SMU, earned that money, became a senator, did all that, became a multimillionaire, you know. And he said, you know, uh, he said, don't ever trust, he said, don't ever trust a lawyer. And don't ever trust a politician. I said, why is that, Uncle Mike? He said, they're all crooks. And you might be right, you know, I don't know. But I know that he, like he, the Maple Avenue Projects, he fought for those because nobody had any places to live at the time. People don't, I mean, he made that happen. He, I mean, some of the stuff he did, he could have made a lot more money. His son, uh, my cousin Mike Jr., uh, is a corporate law attorney. Apologies for, for, for all his footsteps to a point. Now, the difference is, Mike Jr. is about corporate law, which is not about civil law or any kind of, you know, humanitarian things. It's about, you know, corporate law and making that money and taking care of corporate mm -hmm. law, which has got to be done. Everybody, you have to have that niche. Yeah. But they're two totally different people. I'm sure Mike Jr. gives away to charity. He does. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But his daddy, his whole life was basically... You is know, it Mike Jr. or Mike, Mike Jr.? Mike Jr. Michael. Okay. Was, was, was for, for, the, for the underdog, for, for the person who was, who was trying to just make it happen. The one who was working their ass off to get there like he had. Mm -hmm. And he left millions for his family. His family is still benefiting and being very happy from, from his work that he did. His, work, his money still goes on to help other philanthropists. His family is also, they give away gifts and whatnot. You know, and Betty, and Betty, his wife, died uh, this year. So the rest of his wealth has now been distributed, uh, or is being distributed to his family, the rest of his family, and it's going to do good. Um, I'm sure it's not all going to good. I'm sure there's a little bit of extravagance, but it's okay. He earned it. He did the right things. He got a little, yeah, of course, you got to have a little luck in there to start from nothing mm -hmm. and become that. Just on that note, one other guy I want to talk about, just real quick, my father. My father grew up in the Bronx, New York, okay, without a father. Him and his sister, both from two different parents, two different parent, uh, fathers, never knew his father. <clears throat> there were times that my father, they didn't have salt and pepper even in the pantry. I mean, nothing. No, no, you couldn't go in and get some salt grains and eat them. There's nothing there. His mother was um, um, an alcoholic, bipolar, um, a lady of the evening, you might call her. And would leave the kids home often at times alone. My father pulled himself up out of that and became a very rich man. I mean, not super rich, but he had, you know, he was making good money. He had several houses and, you know, family and whatnot. And the retirement, my father has retired. And you know what he's done? He's gone to finish his schooling and he's gotten his first master's degree. He's now going for his, his PhD in psychology which is what he's always wanted to do. And you know where he works now? In his retirement? Mm. The Salvation Army, as a counselor. And he says, you know, well, the money's almost all gone now. You know, because I was talking to him about some things and trying to, you know, get him to get his will fixed and everything. But anyway, I digress. But <coughs> he said, you know, it's not gonna be a lot of money. I said, yeah, let's talk about the money. You know, I want you know, some things for your will. But anyway, anyway. Sorry. He was able to live comfortably, give away comfortably, and now, in his retirement, he's able to take a measly uh, pay and give back the way he wants to, what he's always wanted to his whole life. So he had, he could have kept working, he could have kept selling houses and making millions a year every year and doing all that. So what do you want to do? I admire those people. Those people are rich, monetarily, and in other ways. So, 
Yes, there are bad people out there. There are people that let things of this earth control them. Okay? You have to remember, we are not of this earth. We're not supposed to be, we're not necessarily supposed to be here naturally, right? We were placed here. We were put here. And we were only here for a brief grain of sand in time. That's it. So if you get stuck on what's of this earth, you're going down the wrong path. You've got to, you've got to think about everything else. That's the whole, that's the, that's the hard part about being here. It's about, you know, realizing that Worry about yourself. My pants, my shirt, mm -hmm. my hair color, all those things don't matter. They don't talk about that about Jesus, about really what he wore. Or what, I mean, they talk about it once in the end when they did it, they fulfilled the scriptures and spread his clothing. But that was it. It was about who he was. You know, that unconditional love that just, God had to have oozed from his pores. You know what I'm saying? You know, you have to just, God, he was able just to captivate anybody. And that's why he was such a special man, bringing it all around full circle now. And what we strive for here, our time is short, but it's, it's enough for us to work towards, is being just like that. It's hard, because we have to worry about things like, you know, the food, and I have to worry about things like, I'm trying to get us a place for this church, and the money it costs to do that. It costs these things, it takes these things to make these happen. Mm -hmm. We just learn how to balance it. And that's the hard part. And that's where prayer comes in. Are you listening to what God's telling you? Are you praying? Are you shutting up and listening, not just talking at him? You know, because he, he hears enough. He wants to say some things to you too. Mm -hmm. So to become more like Christ, to become that way, you do it like I think my Uncle Mike did. You go into a field that everybody's crooks in and you don't be one. You go in, and for my father, growing up in the Bronx, New York, with nothing, you become something, and then you give back before you've gone out of this world. That's how you do it. That's how you give that love away. Yeah. What? You don't believe me? I do, to an extent. Well, why to an extent? Why only to an extent? It's hard. It's hard to imagine, too, isn't it? It's, that's the hard part, is imagining that, that love. On the love thing, that whole story is, these people that come to my doors, I talk about, they want this relationship when they don't have love for themselves, and they can't give it away, they don't have it. Mm -hmm. The big thing that I try and do for them, and one I think you've mentioned before, is I look at them and I say, look, I don't have a lot, but I do have love. Amen. And I'm going to loan you some of my love for now. And that way you'll have it, and you can maybe learn from it and grow with it. And when your love, your own personal love, actually comes up again, and you're able to see and love yourself again, then don't worry about paying me back, but just pay it out. And I think that's important. If you realize that there's a lot of people in this world that don't love themselves. I, at one point, didn't love myself. Very much so. And it's easy when we get down in the dumps to get stuck there in a rut. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah? Love will save the day. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. Love will save the day. Yes. It's a good song, by the way. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Love will save the day is the name of that song you asked me about, by the way. Love will save the day. 
All I know, all I know is love saves the day. Yes. Go ahead. Water. Those of you out in podcast land and in YouTube land. Gator Homecoming is on YouTube. Go look up water. For Ga- go look up Gator and go look up water. It's a hilarious skit. And we, we get a kick. Someday I'll, maybe I'm sure it's copyrighted. I really can't show it, but maybe I'll sneak it into one of the show, one of the, uh, one of the services and watch it. It's really funny. It's really funny. Go ahead. No, Nothing? You're good? Okay, guys. Listen up. Okay, so don't forget. Tomorrow night is the New Year's Eve party. Um, uh, please come. Have a good time. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I gotta, I gotta go shopping tomorrow and I get some champagne and we'll have some mixers and, and just have a nice, quiet-ish evening. Yeah. Enjoy ourselves. Um, I think you should come too. I, I really hope you will because it won't be the same without you. Um, and then we get to come back to a regular week. <laughs> BYOB. Oh, you sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was tough this time. You know, it's almost like doing Holy Week because mm-hmm. we had <clears throat> Sunday and then we had Christmas on Tuesday. With all that entails, and then we had to come right back around and do this during the, the day. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it, the time, you know, there's not enough hours in the day. Oh. I haven't slept much in the last two weeks. So, I, I may sleep tonight. Mm, that sounds so, good. So, i tell you what, guys. Do y'all have anything else for me today? Anything pressing? Right. You know where I am if you need me. Yes. BYOB, bring your own violence? That too. Absolutely. We, 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 you know, we don't believe sin, drinking is a sin. Okay. We believe that you do everything in moderation. When you overdo something, you shouldn't be doing it. When you underdo something, you shouldn't be doing it. It's about learning that balance, that moderation in your life, okay? And I, I think if you have a cocktail, you're fine. Now, if you go a little overboard and you start acting like an idiot, you're not so fine, okay? Enjoy yourselves. God gave us means to enjoy ourselves and to help us relax, to help us get through this world together. He didn't, doesn't mean we have to be suffering the entire time we're here. He gave us... Some, rem- some remedies, right? Even even just plain old red oh, wine that they used to drink at supper every day, right? Okay. All right, so just close in prayer. And I will see you all tomorrow night at 8.30. It's already New Year's Eve, guys. Can you believe it? Already another year gone. We're almost for three years here pretty soon. Can you believe that? Come your hand. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come together and speak openly about you and faith and Christianity yeah. and, and ourselves. Lord, as another year grows to a close, help us to be thankful for what you have given to us and help us to stay on the path you have provided so graciously for us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 All right, guys, help me get this room back together. How'd you get so short? I ain't lifting nothing no more right now. So How'd you get so tall? I'll leave it to y'all. Strong. Barely, man. man